0: Hi guys, my name is Nate and I am a pastor here with Chi Alpha and I'm really excited to be here tonight um, with this teaching series that we're doing called Rooted. Um, we're talking about being rooted in Jesus um, and Michael talked the last couple weeks um, first about being rooted in Jesus and, and how um, accepting he is. that He doesn't reject us but he's just so accepting of us. Um, and then last week uh, he talked about Um, uh (laughs) uh-oh. Something. Acceptance. Identity. Identity, Thank you. I mentioned it in my message. I was there, I promise. (laughs) Talked about identity and how um, we can let Jesus and what he thinks about us, we can trust him in that and we can start thinking those things about ourselves as well. Um. So um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself before we get started. Um, First, I want to introduce you to my lovely wife back there, Maggie Lane. Yeah. She, number one, is a babe. (laughs) Now she's going to get all blushy. Number two, she is a molder of minds. And by that I mean she's a second grade teacher out in Royal City. Um, And number three, I'm pretty sure that Fire Burning on the Dance Floor by Sean Kingston was written about her. Because she can get down on a dance floor. Um, <laughs> she didn't know I was going to do this. Sorry. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, I like to dance as well. That's a fun time. Um, one of my favorite fall activities. You guys have noticed that the leaves are turning from like yellow and, and orange and red. I love that. Um, One of my favorite activities in the world is to catch falling leaves as they fall from a tree, like a virgin leaf, as it, before it hits the ground, as it's falling, you catch it. And guys, if you haven't done this, please come talk to me, and we need to do this, because it's so fun. Few few things bring me more joy than that. Because one, you're just kind of laughing at each other, at each other, with each other, but... Because you look ridiculous. Because you're going like this, trying to catch us leave. Oh, it's a good time. Please try it. And then come talk to me and tell me your stories. Um, Another thing, so Maggie and I like to get outside. We like to adventure. Um, And one of the ways that we've liked to explore this area, because in the winter it snows, right, Um, is snowshoeing. We've really enjoyed snowshoeing. And one of the things that we like a lot about snowshoeing is, hey, there we are. is that there's so much freedom in snowshoeing. You don't have to stick to a trail. You can kind of just walk on the snow wherever you want to go. It's pretty sweet. Um, but if you were to wear snowshoes when it wasn't snowy, it'd be a different story. I've done it. At the mountain, you like, put your snowshoes on before you get into the snow, before you get on the trail, and it's just awkward and you're clumsy and you can't find your balance. It's just, you don't go anywhere very fast. Um, and so I, I want to say this about snowshoes, is that when, when they are functioning within their intended design and purpose, snowshoes can be really freeing. And I'm going to tie this into us. It's a stretch. But I think Jesus would say that we, too, have the most freedom when we are functioning in our intended design and purpose. I'll say that again. We have the most freedom when we are functioning in our intended design and purpose. So what, what is our intended design and purpose? We're going to talk about that a little bit. Because um, I believe that we are designed to be in obedient, right relationship with God. Let's turn to our main passage. Um, it's going to be in John chapter 15. So John is the fourth of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Um, In the beginning of the New Testament, John chapter 15, just kind of look up at me when you get there. Cool. And I'm going to have Caleb stand up and read that to us. You go ahead and do that. Oh, this Caleb, sorry. Way to be be on it though, you're ready. (laughs) Um, So John chapter 15, we're doing verses 5 through 11. Go ahead, Caleb. Yourselves to be my disciples, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you that I have told you this so that my joy may be complete and that your joy may be complete. Mm, thank you, Caleb So I think this message from Jesus tells us some key things about our design as humanity. And the first comes from his command to remain in me. Three times in this passage that we look at, he says, um, remain in me, or remain in my love. Now, if you look at this analogy, I think that it's pretty obvious that Jesus said this specifically for our message series. I mean, come on. I am the vine. You are the branches. And we're talking about being rooted in Jesus. You can't get better than that. (laughs) Much better than my snowshoe analogy. (laughs) I tried. But really, what a beautiful picture of how we are designed to be connected to Jesus. Just as a branch is meant to be connected to the vine, where it receives its water, nutrients, and life, so are we designed to be connected to the creator God and king of the universe, who gives us life and sustains us. We are designed to be in right relationship with Jesus. And as we rest in the knowledge and belief that he loves us, and the belief that he accepts us, no matter our flaws, like what Michael was talking about in week one. And so, not only are we designed to be connected to Jesus in love, but we are designed to be obedient to him. And this obedience is part of how we stay connected to him and remain in his love. Remember, Jesus says in verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. And John, in 2 John 2.6, says, And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. This is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. So it isn't enough to be relationally, relationally connected and present in the love of Jesus. We have to do what it says in the Bible. Whoa. (laughs) Let's talk some more about obedience. How many of you cringed any of the times that I said the word obedience? Any of you? Yeah, me too. And I said it. (laughs) I think as Americans, we really don't like this word, obedience. Freedom is in our blood, right? We're a nation founded on liberties and freedoms. Our rebel forefathers fought against the oppression and tyranny of England to win us liberty and freedom, right? And the most famous of our declarations is the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, I want to be really clear. I am so very grateful for this country and for the liberties that it was founded on. And for the freedoms that I have living in this nation. But, and I think Jesus would have said right on to our revolution when we created our country. Um, but I think that what the right, li- the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness means to most of our nation today is that we should have the right to do or say whatever we want and whatever makes us happy. No one has the right to tell me what to do, say, or think, right? I am the only one who can decide these things. Does that sound familiar? Have you seen or thought that? Now, to all of us that are still impacted by the influence of our culture, this idea that freedom comes with obedience to Jesus just doesn't really seem right, does it? To some of us, freedom still means that the right to think. To some of us, freedom still means that the right that we have the right to think, say, and do what we want. And I think I think the majority of students that come to college think this way about freedom. And maybe some of you think that too. Um, that come you come into college thinking freedom, right? I'm free, yeah. I'm free from my parents' house and their rules and their expectations. I have freedom to make my own decisions about what classes to take, what clubs to be a part of, what food to eat, when to go to bed, right? And I can do whatever I want. This is my time to explore and try new things. Or maybe even this is my time to rebel a little bit. And I think that the world, especially media, sells this freedom as a, as a freedom to party and drink and get laid. Isn't that the narrative that we see so often in movies, TV shows, and music videos? That's what freedom means, right? And to many, and maybe to you too, Christianity seems like this lame list of can'ts and don'ts. Prudish rules that might limit the fun that could be experienced. But I want to propose to you that this is a false sense of freedom. That this is a lie that has the majority of our world duped. The Apostle Paul would say that this false sense of freedom is really an obedience to sin. Well, he goes even further to use the word slavery. Um, In Romans 6.16, Paul says, Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. In reality, we all have certain authorities in our life that we let influence what we do, say, or think. We are all obedient to something. Right? And those things that we seek outside of Jesus like money, romantic relationships, Twitter follows, Instagram likes. Obedience to these things does not result in joy that is complete that we see in in John 15, or remaining in love with the Father. These things, they can't love you back, and they can't save you either. They're all temporary things. All those things enslave us and lead us eventually to death. Because there's no fulfillment in these things. So I want to ask you, what things are you giving authority to? What things are you letting influence what you think, say, and do? Is it your parents? Is it your, your friends or your peers? Maybe a mentor Maybe a dude you look up to on on TV or a famous rapper or, I don't know, sports guy. (laughs) 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 What are you letting influence you in your decision making? Let's look back at the analogy that Jesus gave us in John. Jesus says that we are branches and he is the vine, so we are connected to him. In the mindset of the culture around us, we could think that we as branches are limited or tied down because we aren't truly free to go wherever we want as branches. We are always stuck to the main vine, not free to move as we please. If we were truly free, we could disconnect from the branch and go wherever we please. Maybe another tree or connect to another vine. But what happens to a branch that is separated or cut off from the vine? It produces no fruit and it withers and dies because it has no access to sustenance and life. Whereas the branch that is connected to the vine is able to thrive as it is supported, sustained, and encouraged to grow and produce fruit. We are designed to live a life of connection and obedience to Jesus. This is what we are created to live like. Now, I want to be very clear tonight. Our freedom does not come from obedience to Jesus' word. That's the whole point of Jesus coming down here, was to save us from that kind of thinking, that we can work or earn this freedom, this, this salvation, right? Right? Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, um, Paul makes it very clear that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. This is not ourselves, but it is a gift from God. And in this John 15 passage, in verse 3, right before where we started um, in John 15, Jesus says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So Jesus is talking to those who have already accepted this gift of love and grace and forgiveness and and to those who have been washed clean. What he is addressing here is how do we remain in that love? How can we be rooted in this love? Not as a one-time fix, but as a daily decision to let Jesus be the authority in our life. We aren't saved by our obedience, but we are rooted in Jesus when we daily give up our sinful nature and choose to obey Jesus. Now, some of you might be thinking, I've accepted Jesus. I understand that. I know that he's like the way and the truth and the life, and I'm down with that. But man, I'm struggling to obey Jesus. I'm struggling to change these certain sinful patterns in my life. I get that. I understand that. Um, and so I, I just have a list of four help, maybe helpful things um, of how to walk in obedience. Um, these aren't cure alls, but I think they're things that, that might really help in that process. Um, I think the first thing is to spend time with the Lord daily. If we're if if remaining in, in Jesus. If remaining in Jesus' love means obeying his commands, it means we've got to know his commands, right? we got to know what he's saying in the Bible. We've got to know what he's saying about himself, what he's saying about us. So spend time with the Lord daily. And the more that we're in the Word, the more that we're learning what, what he is about, um, the more that we know it, and the more that we believe it, right? The more that we trust it. I think the, the second thing is to declare daily that sin has no power over you. That's what we learn in, in Romans six seventeen through eighteen. Paul says, "But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness." You have been set free from sin. Sin has no power over you. Oh, sweet, right? But sometimes it doesn't feel like that, right? Sometimes, sometimes things get pretty overwhelming or um, temptation can get pretty overpowering, right? But I think if we're daily declaring that sin has no power over me, I think then we believe it, too. We believe it a little more. And we kind of need to re-believe that every day, don't we? <laughs> it's not a one-time fix, right? It's this daily decision to give up our sinful nature and choose to obey Jesus. The third thing is focus on little obediences. It's okay to take baby steps, right? Right? It's hard to change a life of sinful habits. It's hard. It takes process. It takes time. Right? So I think it's okay to take little steps. So, so be asking yourself, what's, what's that next step that Jesus is calling me to in obedience? And the fourth thing is to confess early to God and to a friend. I think Satan, Satan's really good at getting us into these shame traps. Right, where um, we mess up or we we fail to obey Jesus, um, and we feel bad about it. Right, which which is good. We we should feel bad about n- disobeying Jesus, um, but we turn it into shame, and we kind of turn inside, and we think like, "Oh, I suck. Who am I to like even ask for forgiveness?" This I keep doing this thing. Right, that just draws us further into sin. Um, so I think I think it's really important to. Confess early, right away, right after disobedience. Say, "Oh, dang it! I messed up." God, please, please forgive me right away. Come to Jesus with that, because you know there's forgiveness of sins, right? Um, and I think it's important to, to confess to a friend too. Um, it's important to have someone else in this with us, in this fight with us. Bring that into the light, and have let let us help each other in that. Right. Cool. So that, that's just four things. I hope, I hope it's helpful for you. Okay. So I mentioned earlier that we are the most free when we are functioning in our intended design and purpose. You guys remember that? So if our design is to be in right relationship with Jesus and to live in obedience to his word, what's our intended purpose? Let's look back at um, John 15, that passage. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Skip to verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. And my command is this: love each other as I have loved you. So, the branch that is connected to the vine is able to thrive as it's supported, sustained, and encouraged to cr- to grow and produce fruit. Right. So what's the purpose of the branch? Well, Jesus is saying to bear fruit, right? And this, I love this image. This is a beautiful image for me. Um, if we think of a vine producing fruit, there's a there's a lot that's going on there. First, there's this beautiful flower that comes out and just brightens up the world around it, creating color and design. Um, and as the, it attracts bees and butterflies, and they spread pollen and make honey, um, and then this flower fades, right? and grows into this sweet delicious fruit that feeds the animals around it the vine is making the world around it better as it freely lives out its purpose and all the while it's pointing to god as if saying check it out look what god's created look what he's doing through me how cool is that And I think just as the vine's purpose is to bear fruit, Jesus implies that bearing fruit is our purpose as well. That's our design. That's our purpose. But what does that mean for us? What does it mean for us to bear fruit? He says in verse 12, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So I think our purpose, to bear fruit, what that means is to live out love. Live out love. We were created to better the world around us, to fill it with love, joy, and peace from Jesus. And there's so much freedom in that, guys. Each of us were created uniquely in our skills and passions and dreams. And when we are rooted in the love of Jesus and obedience to Him, we are free to be our best selves. We can fully live out our passions and skill sets to change the world around us. Without the distractions, the insecurities, and the enslavements that come when we let sin and other things have authority in our lives. Those things aren't distracting us. Those, those things aren't tripping us up from really living out our purpose of making this world better, of sharing God's love, of living that love out. In this freedom, there's awareness of our security in the love of Jesus. There's access to his miraculous miraculous power and his sustaining love. And there's a hope of his eternal glory. So, what are your passions and skills? What do you care about? And let's Let's dream a little bit here, right? In what ways do you see the Lord using you to better the world for his glory? These things that you have passions for, these skills that you have, these dreams that you have, how can God use that to better this world? Because that's what you're made for. That's the purpose of your life, right? As you are in right, obedient relationship to Jesus, you are free to be who you are meant to be and to fulfill your purpose of living out love to those around you. Now, I'm going to put up a slide of questions, and I want you to write them down. and I want you to think over them. You don't have to write all of them, but ones that really speak to you, ones that um, you feel the Lord really tugging on your heart tonight. I want you to think through them this, this next couple minutes and as we're going into worship. Um, and I want you to respond as you feel the need to. So the first question, what are things that you're giving authority to in your life? What things are you letting influence your decisions? And if those things, and, and, and if Jesus isn't that authority, consider asking him to be that authority in your life. Um, the next question is, What in what areas do you need to be obedient to Jesus? And maybe you can share that with the person next to you and ask, ask for some prayer in that. Um, third question is, what is your next step in obedience to Jesus? Remember those four four little steps that we talked about. Maybe you need to spend time with the Lord daily. Maybe you need to declare that sin, you have no power over me. Maybe you need to focus on some little obediences and some baby steps, right? Maybe you need to confess. Um, and, and we have space and time to do that tonight too during worship. Maybe you need to talk to the person next to you. and Say, man, this, this is something I'm struggling with. This is how I'm disobeying Jesus, and I I need some prayer. I need some help getting out of this. And the last one is, in what ways do you see the Lord using you to better the world for his glory? What are your dreams and passions and skills? How can the Lord use you to live out love in your life?